Hello and welcome back. Today is December 20th, 2020. And the title of today's podcast is What gift are you giving your loved ones this year? What gift are you giving you this year? Christmas is almost here and 2020 is almost over. The year 2020 has been a very interesting year to say the least. A few years ago, I was working as a researcher and community health education and cancer prevention director. As the name indicates, one of my main jobs was community health education with the focus on prevention, disease prevention that is, but cancer was of course the focus. When I applied and got that job, I was ecstatic and torn at the same time. I was leaving an amazing job and an incredible boss running the lab of the director of blood marrow transplant program after four years of an incredible and a very successful clinical research career, four plus publications, and lots of very satisfying results. I was torn because I absolutely loved my job and loved my boss. He is one of the kindest, most amazing human beings I have ever known in my life. He also did great work and the research was amazing. But getting funded was very hard and competitive. And truth be told, the powers to be put all sorts of obstacles in front of him because the research was going in the direction that money was not the priority but treating patients was. His lab was being shut down, and with that, so was my physical workspace where I did the lab work and the actual experimental portion of the immunotherapy clinical trials for multiple myeloma. But I was also getting more interested in prevention, and the new job title sounded just right. It seemed like it would allow me to use my skills and the knowledge I had gained as a research scientist to educate people to prevent disease. The Director of Community Health Education and Cancer Prevention. Ah, it sounded like music to my ears. One of the first things I started reading about was Healthy People 2020 Initiative. So let me tell you a little bit about the history of the Healthy People Initiative. In 1979, Surgeon General Julius Richmond issued a landmark report titled Healthy People, the Surgeon General's Report on Health Promotion and Disease Prevention. Then in 1980, ODPHP, which is the Office of Disease Prevention and Health Promotion, released Healthy People 1990, which was followed in later decades by new iterations of the Healthy People Initiative. each building on the last. Healthy People 1990 included the first set of ambitious, measurable 10-year objectives for improving health and well-being nationwide. It focused on decreasing deaths through the lifespan and increasing independence among older adults. Each decade, the initiative added new objectives and goals. So in 2013, when I started my new job, Naturally Healthy People 2020 was very much on my radar. Healthy People 2020, the initiative's fourth iteration, had four overarching goals. 
attain high-quality, longer lives free of preventable disease, disability, injury, and premature death. Achieve health equity, eliminate disparities, and improve the health of all groups. Create social and physical environments that promote good health for all. Promote quality of life, healthy development, and healthy behaviors across all life stages. It was as if I walked into an opportunity heaven for me. I was all over this one, and I was so naively optimistic that I was going to be a part of a huge thing by 2020. At the time, 2020 looked so far away. We had seven years to get there, and I was ready to take the baton and run with it, or better yet, knowing myself, sprint with it to the end. I say naively optimistic because little did I know about all the huge roadblocks I was going to hit along the way. The Healthy People 2020 objectives all sounded very promising and in my mind very achievable, but in reality I was so very wrong. The first barrier I encountered was resources and funding for education in the community, especially in our rural communities in New England. I learned quickly that there was only one of me and I had a part-time assistant that I shared with the communications director. I know that I had to hit the ground running, but I also knew that I needed to make a personal connection with the community. My predecessor, bless her heart, would get in her car and drive around to rural communities and print posters and brochures and distribute all over the place. This was lots of work and not to mention very expensive and not as effective. How much would one person or could one person do in a day all by herself? So I knew that I had to reach people where they were, but I could only do so much in 24 hours all by myself. So I started developing a system to be able to reach hundreds if not thousands of people at once from my office. No, it wasn't Zoom, and I don't think Zoom even existed back then. I don't think so. But WebEx was a tool available to me, and I put it to good use. I started offering health education series via WebEx to groups of people at once. Worksite Wellness was just kicking off, and I tapped into that and offered free weekly 30-minute healthy behavior workshops to few local employers. It was free to the employees and I could collect data before and after the series were were completed to determine the impact of education on healthy behavior. It sounded like a dream job to me. I could provide health education to people and study the effects of education on behavior change. I was so optimistic that Healthy People 2020, it's much more than a dream and it would soon become reality. Yes, I was very naive. I had been in a lab doing bench research for 13 years, and in my small lab world, I could set up my experiments, set up the conditions, the controls and the subjects, and collect the data. If things failed, I could go back and look for things that needed change and make the changes one variable at a time. 
Lab research is very challenging, but as a scientist, you are trained to problem solve and troubleshoot. Remove barriers and obstacles out of the experiment and repeat until you have results to either prove or disprove your hypothesis and publish your results. In the real world, things are so much more complicated. In the lab, you set the conditions to get results. If you do not get results, you change the conditions. I found out quickly and in the, that in the real world, changing the conditions were mostly impossible or a monumental task. My job was to educate about healthy behaviors such as promoting tobacco cessation, healthy eating, active living, which was also another initiative called HEAL, short for healthy eating, active living. Other initiatives included live well, work well, worksite wellness, and many others. Well, in my very own work environment, I saw on a daily basis the mixed messages that were being communicated. I would be talking about healthy foods in a workshop, then walk into a common kitchen at work and find cookies and pastries and other carcinogens on a tray. At work functions, lunch and learn events, seminars, and other group functions, the food was almost always 85% unhealthy options. I always had my food anyway, but I usually would just scan the food table to see if I really wanted to eat something, could I possibly find something that I could call a healthy meal? To my devastation and horror, the only options I could potentially consider was almost always a sorry excuse of a salad and some sandwiches with processed meat. And there was always, always some sort of a sugar Latin dessert. I often asked um, if any of my colleagues would have a dessert after every lunch if they were at home or somewhere else. The answer would almost always be no. So why do we do that at work? I never forget a symposium I attended once called the Obesity Prevention Symposium. The topic obviously interested me and I was very interested in preventing and reversing obesity in our communities. So naturally, I signed up for the two-day symposium which was doing work hours, but I considered it a work-related education resource. The first day, I was honestly convinced that in this particular symposium, I would certainly find healthy options to eat. But being the health-obsessed person that I was, I packed a small snack just in case. After three hours of talks about obesity, research and literature presented, we had our first morning break at 11. I walked to the buffet to get something. What did I find? Coffee served alongside cream and a variety of packaged sugar and sugar substitutes, many of which are known toxins, and a long table covered with, are you ready for this? Donuts, bagels, muffins, cookies, brownies, and danishes. I kept walking as if <laughs> I was in a terrible nightmare, and perhaps the end is in sight, and I might just be able to find a clementine or an apple at the end of this nightmare of a buffet. Well, I reached the end of the long, long table of junk to find that not only was this all they were offering for morning snacks, but also there was no water served. Only coffee and tea with sugar and cream. 
I asked one of the people working for the catering company that was hired to cater for this symposium, and she told me that there was nothing else. So I literally had to walk to the adjacent cafe where the undergraduates ate lunch to grab a water bottle because I ran out of mine. I thought for sure lunch is going to be better, so I hopefully waited. Lunch was served all right. Pasta, sandwiches, chips, and of course, cookies, brownies, muffins, and other desserts. Honestly, the dessert <clears throat> section seemed much larger than the food section. I was thinking to myself, are they really trying to test people here at the obesity symposium to see how much willpower people have? To my horror, featured speakers experts in the topic were piling their plates with awful food and desserts, taking it proudly and openly to their tables where they further discussed the topic of their research, obesity epidemic, with their fellow expert colleagues while biting into the processed deli meat sandwich and finishing it off with a brownie. I was so horrified. I walked to my car, drove back to work, to my office where I had an emergency food drawer in my desk. I got out my can of tuna, walked to the hospital cafe to grab a salad to go with it. I went back to the symposium in the afternoon, still hoping that things would improve. At 3 p.m. during the break, a very familiar buffet table was set. Coffee, cream, and a variety of toxic chemicals and carcinogens, tea, and a collection of cookies, brownies, muffins, and other pastries. I was sure I was going to wake up from this nightmare. Day two of the symposium, there was one change. They brought pitchers of water because people were seriously thirsty the day before after a full day of talks over junk food and no water. So because many people had complained, they served water. But everything else was exactly the same. The menu was a repeat of day one. This time I was more prepared. I brought my own lunch and opened it up to eat while everyone looked at me with funny surprised looks as if to say, huh, they give us free lunch and you bring your own? What are you, stupid? No, I'm not stupid. I am, however, very naive to think that we as an organization are all going to promote healthy behavior. This was the repeating theme of my day-to-day -day life for as many years as I worked at Dartmouth. In our common kitchen area, I was the one who would go and secretly throw out all the junk food people would leave there. Yes, that was me. It literally pained me to watch my colleagues, who clearly were most vulnerable, would have to fight the urge on a daily basis to avoid eating junk food. For most people who are already overweight, this is a huge challenge. Why would we make it so much harder for them to make the right choice by pushing the right, wrong choices in their faces every day? I would uh, share this with my boss, who would say, ah, Lolly, you can't control what people eat all the time. They grew up with these foods, and it is impossible to think that you can stop them from eating those when you are not looking. Plus, a lot of people are, these people are from lower socioeconomic status, and they just can't afford healthy food. Hmm. I was so confused. 
wasn't this part of uh, what our mission was about? How do we promote health when we just give up on people, especially the most vulnerable? I started offering free nutrition education workshops to my coworkers, but was faced with resistance. I could not spend my time on that. Many of my coworkers could not afford a gym membership, so I offered at noon a class exercise that would, um, we would do together, free of charge, my time. I quickly learned that their supervisors were having a fit because they were taking um, lunch break, their lunch break to exercise. Well, wasn't that their lunch break, I asked. Um, they told me that most of these people ate, usually ate their lunch at their desk while they worked. So to leave for 30 minutes and exercise was seriously frowned upon. No matter what I would offer, I would face resistance. The last year I was at that job, there was a holiday luncheon where they ordered lunch for all of us before we all took off for the holidays. What was lunch? Well, all I could say politely is another nightmare for me. I watched my coworkers politely eat the terrible food that was provided to them for the holidays. And once again, I watched in horror while my heart ached thinking about what these people were being fed. I moved on from that job to another job in public health with optimism and hope that in that field, I would finally serve the public and promote health and healthy behaviors. Well, I will not and cannot get into that too much, but I will say that I finally realized that the Healthy People Initiative has to be revisited and reiterated every 10 years, not because the prior objectives were successfully reached, but because every 10 years or so, they had to be revisited and reiterated to try to reach the same goal, healthy people, with very little success. Why? Because there is a lot of talk and little to no action because authorities and powers to be get funding to write initiatives, objectives, and goals on paper, they spend near to zero dollars of those funds to actually educate the public about health or to create environments for people to practice health or spend on actual healthy foods and making healthy foods affordable and accessible to everyone. Gosh, we still sell tobacco and cigarettes to people, knowing well that it kills people. The powers to be claim that people are going to do what they're going to do and eat what they grew up eating and there is nothing we can do about it. They truly believe that we cannot educate people about healthy behaviors and so they do not waste energy on trying. Does this bother you at all? It really bothers me in case you haven't noticed. So the year 2020 finally arrived. And in my mind, I was thinking, wow, it is finally here. And our people are nowhere near healthy. And then the pandemic hit us with a vengeance. This year, which was supposed to be a huge milestone for our population, for our species, ended up being the deadliest year in a very, very long time. Ironic? I'd say. Am I surprised? 
not at all. I spent years fighting the notion that people are unteachable and that we can become healthy. And I got a giant or hit a giant brick wall on a daily basis. What is wrong with this picture? For 30 years, we have been trying to get people healthy only to set goals and objectives on paper and walk away from it. Then come back every 10 years to see that it all failed and we need to add more goals and objectives on paper to feel good about it. Writing goals, initiatives, and objectives on paper does not automatically generate results. We have to actually work at it. It kind of reminds me of when you go to a gym and you see people sitting around and talking at the gym for about 45 minutes and they go home. I almost want to tell them, just being physically in a gym doesn't make you fit. You actually have to use the equipment and work. You got to work out. Just being in the gym doesn't help. It's kind of like writing these objectives and walking away from them. Unfortunately, as long as we do not believe that people can learn and that they will fail the education we provide, we should just, and if we should just give up on people, nothing will work and that's what we have done. We've just put things on paper without really actually working and making it feasible and workable for people. So this year, year 2020, marks one of the unhealthiest most disastrous years in the history of human health. Not only did we not achieve Healthy People 2020, we lost many lives this year, and sadly, it is not over. The more sad part is that even now, we are still not getting it. It is not the pandemic alone that is wiping down our population, it is the pandemic now. But if we continue to neglect our health and if we continue to invest our time, energy, money, and intelligence in reactive measures rather than long-term solutions, preventative measures, the vicious cycle will continue to haunt us forever. It is the pandemic this time, and it will be something else in the future. As a society, we are reactive rather than proactive when it comes to our health. If back in 1979, we truly spent time, energy, funds, and knowledge to provide education, knowledge, resources, and tools to the public to take charge of their health, truly, really, and meant it, we would not be in this dire strait we are today. If we believed in people and their ability to learn and adopt and take charge, if we did not give up on people, if we spent energy in creating healthy environments for people so that it make healthy behavior the obvious and the only choice, we would be healthy people long before 2020. Did I depress you? I'm sure I did. So let me make it up to you. There is hope, at least I believe so, because I am never willing to give up on people. You, yes, you alone have the power to change things. You can make the healthy choice all the time. You can take control of your health and refuse to give in to the toxic environment and the temptations that are forced onto your face 
every day. Start by saying no for you, for your kids, for your loved ones, for your community, and for your neighbors. No to unhealthy behavior. No to toxic foods. No to toxic behavior. This year is different, but I want to urge you to think it is different because we all learned a good lesson. Our health is very important, more important than anything else. We all got hit in the face with this awful wake-up call, the pandemic. We are forced to make the choice between giving a hug to our loved ones this year and facing the painful consequences of that. Please consider giving the gift of health this year if you are going to give gifts to anyone. Please fight the urge to give something that is not healthy to anyone. Please fight the temptation to do anything that is unhealthy for you, even once, even a little. Please think ahead and how you can contribute to Healthy People 2030. It is going to be here faster than you think. Let's work together to make this happen, or at least get started. I don't usually believe in Christmas gifts. In fact, I really do not wish to get anything ever. This year, I do want to give a gift to one individual who really and truly needs my help but cannot afford it. I want to give the gift of health to one person truly in need, and I want to provide this person with the knowledge, the tools, and the information to become healthy for life this year. I feel very fortunate for being healthy and having the means to live a healthy life. So I want to give the gift of health to someone who is made to believe that they cannot do it or they cannot afford it. This is more of a gift to me as well. To really be able to help someone in need. If you know someone who can use my help, please let me know. I'm serious. I want to help them. I cannot do this for everyone. I wish I could. But I do not. I do want to do it for one person this year. Pay it forward, if you will. So here's how to reach me. www.drlolly.com is my website. You can reach me in my Facebook page, Dr. Lolly PhD. Or best way is to email me, contact at drlolly.com. Remember, we are all entitled to our health at little to no cost all the time from birth to death, holidays or not. There is nothing in this world that is worth sacrificing your health for. Let's take control this year and use the lessons we learned. Let's make this initiative real for once. Let's promote healthy people for us. I hope you choose health over anything this year and every year. I hope you enjoy a healthy, restful, peaceful, and joyful holiday. Thank you for listening this week. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Until then, to your health and true happiness.